0: Amen, Pastor. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Uh, thank you, church. Um, it feels good to be in the house of the Lord. It feels good to be back um, behind the pulpit uh, with, a, with God's word. And so I'm going to get started. Um, if you guys have your Bibles or you, you have the app or if you're at home, um, open up your Bibles to Psalms uh, 103 and uh I'm going to be transparent real quick church um I was supposed to do the message last Wednesday. I was supposed to be here last Wednesday. Um I've had I had this Bible study prepared uh cuz in the month of November, can you believe it or not, we're already in December. Uh but in the month of November we was uh, doing the the Wednesday night Bible studies and and we was teaching on the uh the topic of gratitude. And um, so, you know, I was scheduled t- last week to to uh, teach and I had I had a, a message prepared. I had a message ready. And I remember a couple weeks ago, Pastor Chris uh, still behind here and he talked about this. He's he talked about um, waiting for for to prepare his messages because sometimes the Lord will change it up on you. You know, he will. He, you you think you have a, a topic, you think you have something to to teach about, and and last minute, the Lord will will flip that on you. And um, that happened to me. That happened to me, so to speak. I was I was woken up at two o'clock in the morning on a Monday night, and only the Lord can wake me up. At two o'clock in the morning on a Monday night. Nobody else can, but he did, and he gave me, a uh, uh, he gave me this scripture, and I was up all night. In my mind, I was up. I, I I heard the message from the Lord, and I was up, and and I was just thinking about this, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, um, okay, Lord, you know. Guide me to where you, what you want me to see. Like, I'm not sure where you want me to go with this, but he did. And so I'm going to give it to you like the Lord gave it to me. So open up your Bibles to Psalms 103 and verse 1. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul you can bow your head for the reading of the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for another day of life, Lord. We thank you for another opportunity to be fed by your word, God. We thank you for the message that you have for us tonight, God. We thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for for uh your forgiveness we thank you for all that you do god we want to make sure in this season in this time right now that we don't just approach you god with our problems that we don't approach you god with wants or needs god but we want to make sure that we give you the honor god we want to make sure that we glorify your name god we want to make sure that we know or that you know that we know who you are and what you have done for us in our lives, God, and it's not about material things, it's not about uh, things that that you can help me with, Lord God, but I want to, right now in this moment, God, to give you the glory and the honor that you deserve, and we say this in your mighty name, Jesus, amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. you know, when 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 Pastor Larry first started the church, um, he did a teaching, he did a preaching and it's in his house, you know we called it uh, home church uh, he did a teaching or preaching excuse me, and I remember at the end of that preaching he mentioned to us to those that were there, just plug in or something along those lines meaning find something in the church to do or serve somewhere within the church. we was a new church we just started um Things weren't established like they are now. So I remember this. I remember Pastor Larry teaching this or preaching this message. And at the end of it, he said, just plug in. And I remember being excited. I remember on our way home, I don't know if my wife remembers this, but I remember on my way home, I was telling her, I was like, I'm going to go up to pastor and I'm going to tell him I want to serve. Somewhere within the church, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have an idea of where I could fit in, but I was fired up for the Lord, and I wanted to serve. My wife was already uh, serving on the praise team at the time. I, I believe that's she was she was doing that during this conversation, and I don't know if Pastor Larry remembers this, but it was funny because. Just as I explained it right now, that's how I explained it to Pastor. I walked up to him and I said, Pastor, I want to serve. And Pastor looked at me and he said, All right. He said, All right. And he came to me a few days later, or maybe it was a week or so later, and he asked me, He said, Would you be the praise team director? I was dumbfounded, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but really it caught me off guard. I was confused because I had no musical background. <laughs> I didn't play any instruments. I couldn't sing. I didn't know any terminology that musicians know. I didn't know anything about keys. I think you guys get the picture. I mean, I love music, and I always felt music was powerful, but the music I listened to wasn't gospel. But I wanted to serve, and I wanted to be used by the church. And my wife was on the praise team, like I said earlier, and it was an opportunity for us to do something together in the church. But I tell you this, being the praise team director is probably one of the hardest jobs in the church next to the pastor. And I truly do believe that. There was a lot I had to learn by taking on that responsibility. Pastor never had to tell me he didn't like a song that I picked, because I watch how he worshipped. Or, just as equal, my wife would tell me on a ride home, don't ever pick that song again. But it was something that I had to learn. And in the church, singing and worship is very important. It sets the foundation. It resonates with the people. You pick the right set list, and someone who came in um, having a bad morning can turn joy can turn to joy just by the songs that you sing. People will feel the spirit of God move just by your powerful voices. Yeah, amen. Not just the praise team singing, but the congregation joining in as well. People will dance and they will cheer or they will cry out. But that's something that comes deep within the emotional power of music rightly employed can be a can be vital in a moving aid to worship I remember one time I was creating this creating a set list and I was listening to a group and they were singing uh Waymaker in Spanish. Now, I don't know Spanish. I don't speak it. My wife does, but I don't. But when I was listening to that song, it moved me to tears. Now, I know the song in English, so I could follow along a little bit just by memory But the version was so good, like I remember the sound, I remember the voice, and it touched me, it touched my soul, it touched my spirit, so deep that I I, I cried. I'm not afraid to say that right now, I cried. And I remember, I remember asking the praise team to sing that song in Spanish. We got some members here in the house. And it was a challenge. But they did it. And I remember them singing it one Sunday. And I was looking out in the congregation as they were singing it. And I saw people sing that song that never sang in the congregation before. I saw people sing with their heart that probably never sang before in public. I saw people crying off that version that never cried before in the church. That song touched them on a deeper level than other praise songs did. And it taught me something that day. As people, we can go deeper in our praise of God and in our worship of God. Now, I learned, you know, music resonates with our soul. Most of us feel like music reaches and express our deepest feelings far more powerful than words can. Now, this isn't a Bible study on the importance of prayer music, but I wanted to to paint a picture that shows that we as people voluntarily or involuntarily can go deeper in our praise and worship of God. Music was just used as an example. So when I start this scripture and I open it up and it says, Bless the Lord, All my soul, I want you to remember that. What the psalmist is doing here is he's stirring himself up. He isn't speaking about himself blessing God. He's speaking to himself, saying you need to praise God. He looks within himself and he's telling himself, give praise to God. He recognized that his praise and worship towards God is not good enough in that moment. So he's looking inward and he's saying, I can do better in my prayer or in my praise. And sometimes we do that when we need to motivate ourselves or push ourselves or or get us to complete a task. You know, we will talk to ourselves. We will try to motivate ourselves. We will try to lift ourselves up. Hey, Ernest, come on, man, you can do this. You got this. You can, you can do this. So what I'm doing in that example is I'm going deeper than what I was given before. Yes. David was looking within himself, saying, you need to give God praise. And you need to speak well of his greatness and goodness. And then he goes on to say, oh, my soul. So he was looking within himself and saying he needs to praise God. But David wasn't looking for a simplified praise. I didn't want he didn't want to give him the surface praise. Sometimes we do that. You know, we we come in and we we have a hard day or you know what? I'm not even going to use that as an excuse. Sometimes we just come in just to be here as a check. I, I just, pastor can't say I wasn't here today. Like we have, seriously, we have those moments, and and we do that, and that's what David was experiencing in that moment. Praising God, I don't, I don't want to just praise Him regular. It's not enough. It's he, he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve just being a check for attendance. He doesn't deserve just my shell being here and my mind's off somewhere else. He doesn't deserve to for someone to just be here and not giving them their all. So when he says bless the Lord, when he says give earnest, give praise to God. And he says, oh, my soul. He said, no, no, no. You need to go deeper deeper than what you was doing before, because what you was doing before wasn't good enough. It's not worthy enough. And the funny thing is, he's telling himself that. This isn't another person uh, looking at you and saying, brother, you you, you can go a little deeper in your prayer. No, no, no. This is a recognition from David himself saying, I'm not doing enough to praise and worship God. You know, like I mentioned earlier, we... I was supposed to do this last week on Wednesday and it would have fell before Thanksgiving and it would have been a good message for Thanksgiving. You know, we we have those theme messages for the holidays. It would have been a good message for Thanksgiving, but this deserves more than that. This deserves more than just a theme message. And I'm I don't knock it. That's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying is sometimes we have to go with outside of the norm to praise and worship God who's gone outside of his norm for us for the things that he's done for us for the things that he has saved us from from the things that he saw you do and say no you can do better and this is how you can do that Amen. that's what David is saying i i wasn't going to go through the whole psalms 103 but i felt like this line right here this Bless the Lord, oh my soul, was such a powerful message that it deserved its own explanation. And we will go a little bit deeper, more into the Bible study, but I wanted to highlight that. How many times have we done that? How many times have we stopped in the middle and said, you know what, I'm not giving God enough. And if you can count it on one hand, then it's not enough times. Because I can tell you, there's more than enough times I've walked into church and was like, I'm just here. And that's me being open and transparent. We need to be like that sometimes because I think the truth resonates with people more. People struggle. People struggle walking through these doors. People struggle reading the Bible. People struggle connecting with God. But it has to be us that tells ourselves, no, I need to praise him, and I need to praise him deeper than what I was doing before. I'm not saying those things as an, an excuse to excuse people, but I'm saying I recognize it. There's an awareness that you have to understand. That's what David did. He was aware of his own situations. I'm not doing enough. So he was looking within himself and saying he needs to praise God. But David isn't looking to give God a surface praise. He isn't looking to give God a half-hearted praise. He's looking to go deeper. He's, he's looking to give praise with all that he has. And in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your strength. And Jesus reiterates this in Matthew's chapter 22 verse 37. When he when he was asked, which of the commandments, which of the of the commandments is the or excuse me, when asked, which is the greatest commandment of the law? He said, "You shall you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. One thing about David that I love about David, David is a man of emotions. You know, he knew what it was like to feel the intensity. He knew what it was like to be afraid of his life for his life, and he he knew what it was like to be disgusted within himself over sin. But like I said before, he was self-aware, and in that awareness, he expressed himself before God. He was raw before God, he was transparent, and other people witnessed that transparency. I think that's important. The witnessing of the transparency to God, especially as parents, for our kids. How powerful it is for our kids to see us cry out to the Lord, to pray openly, to to share with God, this is what's going on in, in my life, Lord, and I need help. Because when we do that, they will follow. They will see that. They will learn that. And they will follow that example that you're giving them. So that was David. And, you know, sometimes people can get annoyed with it. And that's not your fault. That's not something that you should take on. That's an issue with that person. Because if all I'm doing is up here, praising and worshiping and sharing with God, and and it's emotional, and it's tearful, and, and boogers flying out. That's on me. That's not on you. Don't worry about what I'm doing. But that's important, and it's important for people to know that you can do that. You know, we don't have to be in church all tight and huddled up and can't say nothing and leave and no, we can express to God. We can shout out hallelujah when the, when the pastor is up here preaching a message that touch our heart. We can sing with joy when the praise team is up here singing from their heart and their soul. But it has to come from within us. It has to come from deep. And, and sometimes we have to force ourselves to do that. And it sounds weird. Why would you got to force yourself to love the Lord? But you do because human nature, sometimes we're just checked out. And we get disconnected. But bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Give him praise from the bottom of my heart. We have to, we can tell ourselves that. The great King David did that. The man after God's own heart did that. Why can't we? But with his intense emotions, or with intense emotions, you need a healthy outlet. Whether the need to confess or mourn or express anger, King David was a man who sought the Lord during his darkest hours. In this moment, he was telling himself he needed to go deeper in his praise. He needed to reach down where all the emotions uh, lie and praise God from that place. And that happens to us at church. This is a type of feeling or this type of feeling of not giving our all in prayer or coming into church and just feeling like we're just here. Our mind is wandering or we're thinking about what's for dinner. Are we thinking about what to buy kids for Christmas? You know, are we thinking about what bill is due? We're wondering if that 85 inch TV is still on sale. Will my team make the playoffs? Did I leave the oven on? I can't believe such and such did such and such. And that's in the first 10 minutes of prayer. All of those things ran through my mind in the first 10 minutes of prayer. But there's something I want to distinguish real quick. There's something I want to distinguish. I want to distinguish something real quick. Do you know the difference between comfortable and familiar? Comfortable means not causing any physical unpleasant feelings, producing physical comfort, affording or enjoying contentment and security, free from irritation or doubt, free from stress and tension. Familiar means frequently seen or experienced, easily recognized, of everyday occurrence, having personal or intimate knowledge, one who is well acquainted with something or you know very well. The reason I bring that up is because we must be careful with what we say we are just comfortable in or we're doing or are comfortable in or doing versus what we're just, feel or just familiar with doing. God doesn't want us to be familiar with him or your walk to be familiar to you because familiar isn't joy or happiness. The people of Israel weren't comfortable being slaves. They were familiar with it. So when God was taking them out of a familiar situation, it became hard for them because they feared the unknown. So when we fear the unknown, we use excuses that something isn't comfortable for me. And God doesn't doesn't just want you to be familiar in a situation because they're not always good situations. So let me explain that a little bit deeper. A lot of times we will come into a place or we'll come into church or we'll do an activity and we'll say, you know, I'm I'm not going to go talk to them because I feel uncomfortable talking to people. I feel uncomfortable meeting new people, so I'm going to stick to the people that I know and familiar with. And God is saying, no, 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 I don't want you to just be familiar with something. I want you to go deeper. And, in that walk to go deeper you're going to feel uncomfortable because it's unknown, and people that fear the unknown don't feel comfortable i don't i I'm, I'm uncomfortable i did, i don't know what to do i'm I'm rambling i'm talking too fast i don't know because you have to continue to do that to get comfortable with it so it's more than just being familiar familiar is just something you know i've always done it i don't know why um, I don't know why my mom hang clothes up every week you know, outside instead of putting it in the dryer. She did it for 18 years. I watched her do it, so now I do it. But there's a better way. I don't know no other way. That's what people do. That's the logic that people play in their mind. I'm, just, I'm using that as an example and not saying it's bad, but I'm saying we have to be careful with just the familiar. We have to be able to recognize it. All I do all I do is come in and I, I I watch the praise team sing and then I listen to the word and I go home. Yeah, I'm familiar with doing that. Right? I, I did it for 15, 20, 30 years in the church. Yes. What well, the Lord is saying you need to go deeper than that. If you have a talent, use it. Because that's how you can connect with the Lord. He don't want you to just do the status quo. He don't want you to just continue to do the same old routine, same old routine. You have to will yourself like David did. I got to go deeper in praise and worship. Praise and worship isn't just being at the altar and, and crying out to God. It's doing God's work. It's doing his will. What is his will for you in your life? That's praising him. That's worshiping him. I can give back more, God. I know I can. But I'm so, I, I, I'm just familiar with doing this. But he tells us, you know, when, when we fear unknown, we use excuses that some, something isn't comfortable for me. God doesn't just want you to be in a familiar situation because they're not always good situation. And he tells us that there will be discomfort in the transition period, but if you stick it out, Uh, If you gut it out, there will be joy at the end. You know, I love that verse when it says weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning because you're going to go through something. You're going to go through a pain. And if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you continue to push yourself to go further, then you're going to find joy at the end of that. And I bring that up to say that we shouldn't just give God praise the familiar way. We need to go to a place uh, we may not feel comfortable going at first, but like I said, but if we continue to go there and we continue to give him praise that comes from the death of our souls, it will become comfortable. Comfort is stress-free. Comfort is joy, free from tension. That's what we should want our relationship with God to be like. I'm going to get ready to close. And I, I, this message wasn't a long message. Like I said, I wasn't going to go through the whole scripture. I felt like that part that God gave me in the, in the midnight hours, so to speak, was powerful enough. And if you do read Psalms 103, it's, it's a great reminder of what it means to go deeper in praise and worship. And, and gives you a great example or a reminder of what the Lord has done for you in your life. And why it's important to praise him deeper than normal than we normally do. You know, this is the season to be thankful and for many things uh, we have and receive. But I think the most important thing that we should be thankful is blessed is. Uh, but most importantly, excuse me, what we should be uh, focusing on and we should be thinking about is blessing the Lord. But not just blessing Him, blessing Him from the soul for all the things he has done and will continue to do in our lives.